Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Josh Elledge. Josh is one of the most interesting people I've met in the social media world. And he has a great story, but more importantly, he has a great story to communicate to the business executive, to the compliance professional, or to anyone else on how to think through extending your story, your brand, your relationship with your customer base in a way that, frankly, I found was very process-oriented so that there's steps that you can take. So, Josh, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. Tom, I'm nervous about holding up to the claim of being interesting. <laughs> I feel like the person who's listening to us is like, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Josh, your business is named Up My Influence. And I just wanted to start with that because that to me, I took a writing series from some great writers and they talked about your brand. And they, I thought, well, I know what my brand is, put it out there. And they said, no, you're wrong. Your brand is not your image. Your brand is your relationship. It's yeah. your relationship with your customer. If you're an author, your customer is your reader. If you're a business executive, your customer could be a wide variety of stakeholders. It could be your employees. It could be your paying customers. It could be your board of directors. And you really seem to me to have that just nailed. Your brand is your relationship. And it all starts with your name. So could I start with the name? What's up my influence really about? That's a couple of iterations. We started with a couple of brands that we tested and didn't really hit what we wanted to hit. So we wanted to focus not on the tactics, right? So we could put PR in our name. PR is one tactic that we use, but we don't want people to focus on the tactic, nor do they really care what the tactic is. They want the outcome. And so when we're talking about branding and we talk about like the communication that you use, a lot of times, a lot of companies talk in terms of, who they think they are or what they think that they're supposed to. They talk about their story and that sort of thing. And that's not really what clients really care about. Clients say, this is my problem. This is what I want. Can you help me get it? And so a lot of times people will search for their pain points. And in our case, people look for things like authority, influence, and ultimately they want to do that so that they could drive revenue. So you'll see that we use those terms quite often in our copy because we know that that's what our audience is after. Our audience tends to do okay in business, but they're probably stagnating. They're not growing like they wish they could, or they might look around and they might see, well, wait a minute, I don't get it. Why are those guys getting all the glory? And I'm not getting the speaker invites. I'm not getting the partnership opportunities. I'm not showing up on that podcast or whatever it is. We solve that problem because it's actually, as you mentioned, there are processes for this stuff. If you want to build your authority, they're simple processes. If you want to 10X your authority, I can tell you exactly how to do that. And in today's digital world, social media world, it's very simple activity. And that's what we focus on. So you also have a podcast that I was lucky enough to be on called The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I was wondering if you could tell us, first of all, your focus for starting that podcast. And then what does the podcast communicate out to your customer base and your listener base? We tend to be pretty mission-focused on what we do. So thoughtfulness seemed to be the right term for what we're looking for. And I think that there is this growing percentage 
of people that they're conscious capitalists. They believe in their mission, their impact. They've been through the Simon Sinek stuff. They understand that they need to lead with their why. And so why not give them the platform? So we're always looking for guests. I mean, if you're doing six figures or more in business, I would love to feature you. We have a big audience and would love to showcase your success story to our audience. It's just at upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And you can see exactly what we're looking for. But we do tend to focus on why'd you get into this? What are you really trying to create here? Because that's important. If you ask me, well, Josh, why do you care about people being able to have their voices heard? And that a lot of that comes down to my sense of fairness. I think back to like middle school and high school when I probably tried a little bit too hard to be liked. And I looked at other people. I'm like, I don't understand why they have so much influence. They're not a very nice person. I feel like I'm a nice person. How come I don't get that? And so I think a lot, there's some holdover from that. And it's like, listen, I think that everybody has a message that could positively impact the world. My job is to help you get access as quickly as possible so that you don't have to wait in long lines or just be another face in the crowd. When in fact, all you got to do is just focus on serving, 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 going from platform to platform to platform, and just take the show out on the road and just do it with just an un relentless, unceasing devotion. And with you do it enough, like I've done 2000 media appearances. And because of that, I was able to generate over $6 million in revenue for my other company, Savings Angel. That's what it took in order to do that. Now, what's also nice is I spent like nothing on advertising. So I'm just a big fan of serving on platforms. So on this podcast, you get an extra special gold star If you name the podcast title, episode title in your remarks and taking your show on the road is it. So thank you for that. You get the double gold star. That was fabulous. I've never heard that phrase in the context of social media content. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The other thing that impressed me, and I have done a lot of podcasts, I've done a lot of interviews, and no one has ever done the following. In your prep process, a person meets with a member of your team has a discussion about what they want to talk about, a little vetting, or as we would say, due diligence. But that's just the start. You send out five consecutive short videos on what to expect, how to prepare, the types of questions you'll ask, how you can use this on a repurposing content, really on an evergreen basis. And that's all free. I thought, well, what can this guy tell me? I've done 2,000 podcasts. Well, it turns out you can tell me a lot. I found that part of your process as much as an educational experience as any other part. So why do you do that? How did you come up with that process? So there are a lot of reasons. It is win, 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 like everybody wins. So when I do media, obviously the better prepared I am, the more value I can deliver to that audience. And so I learned this in doing 700 TV segments is I can show up and phone it in. And if I do that, then I believe that I'm kind of ripping off the audience. That's not why they're there. My job is to show up and deliver as much value as I possibly can in a short amount of time as possible. So prep is important. So I figure, listen, our guests that come in, and by the way, if someone wants to see exactly, Tom, what you're talking about, you know, what I talked about applying to be a guest, even if you're just like, well, I don't really want to do the podcast as a guest, but what the heck, I'll see what they're talking about. Just like go through our system just so you could see what Tom is talking about. But yeah, I want my guests to be prepared. But I'll tell you that, listen, 
it's a little self-serving as well. Like I want the guest to look amazing. I actually do a video that says, here's how to sell to my audience on the interview. Because I know that that's what a lot of people's motivation is. They're like, I want to make money doing this. And so I embrace that. Like, I get it. Now, the way to sell to audiences is not to sell to audiences. <laughs> you could do very well by telling stories. And I go through all this, right? So I'm taking everything that I've learned. I give away what other people teach. And because I believe in investing in relationships. And so if I want to have a great relationship with the guest, the fact that they spent maybe 45 minutes with me already by consuming all my content, now they come on and they're like, hey, Josh. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's a good thing. Like I want familiarity. I think familiarity, it's proximity. Proximity is what we're after, right? And so if I can spend more time virtually with our guests and possibly they might become our customers as well, well, that just helps move things along. And in fact, yeah, the two services we do, we help turn our clients into media celebrities. But we also build sales systems for our clients. And we, a big part of how we build sales systems, it all has to do with platform. And it all has to do with it, making it insanely easy for people to fall in love with you and spend time with you and be attracted to you. So attraction is a science. Attraction in the digital age is a science. And if you have a really, really great dating profile on a dating platform, you're going to do much better than if you have a terrible profile. So our job is just to make sure, listen, we know what consumers are going to do. So just head them off at the pass. And just like, you know, they're going to look at you on LinkedIn. So you might as well spend a little bit of time making yourself look a lot better on LinkedIn, your profile image. Da, 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 da. So that's all a part of like, if you go to on my influence and just check us out and lurk and go spy on us and see like what we teach. You'll see it's a lot of this sort of stuff. One of the episodes that you touched on in the preparation, it was literally telling a story. And it was couched in terms of you make sales by not talking about making sales. You do it by telling a story. Does that That's message right. resonate with entrepreneurs? It seems to me that they have a story to tell. They just may not know how to tell it. Yeah, true. And so the old, old, old adage, facts tell, stories sell. It's absolutely true. So when I do media training, for our clients. What you don't want to be is the person that gets on and they're like, well, on a page 124 of my new book, you too can be a winner. You'll discover the three secrets and then you don't tell them what the three secrets are. Guess what? That audience is going to hate you. They are literally going to hate you. And so don't do that. Instead, just give it all away, please. What you can deliver in 45 minutes time or an hour's time or three minutes time that's not what people pay for. People pay for access to you. And if people get enough time and they get enough value from you on the front end, they are going to build that belief that you can solve their problems and they will pay you for that. So yeah, storytelling, here's what happens. So if I were to tell you, Tom, so for example, you know, one thing that I talked about is we build sales systems. Well, our first client that we helped with this, they came to us and they're like, hey, we know what you're doing in terms of your own sales systems. Can you do this for us? And we're like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess we don't really do that, but okay, sure. So I charge them $3,000. They earn $75,000 in 60 days. They're $25,000 mastermind. They sold three of them. And I instantly discovered, well, wait a minute. Maybe I should have charged a little bit more for that. Okay, so me telling that story, that was really, really short. 
hyperspeed version of that story. Like I could go into a lot more details. And if I did, here's what the person who's listening to our conversation is going to do. They're going to hear me tell the story of someone making $75,000. And if I tell you her name is Sonia Gomez, you're going to hear Sonia's name, but you're going to replace your own name in that story. Because if it worked for Sonia, maybe it could work for me. Now, am I selling? No, I'm just telling a story about how I helped Sonia Gomez make $75,000 in 60 days. But in someone's mind, they're hearing me tell the story and they're like, well, if it worked for Sonia, it could work for me. So you want to tell stories where the audience substitutes their own experience for the experience of the person that you're telling the story of. And in so doing, they start to build up this narrative that's being reinforced now that Josh might be able to help me with this. I've heard you say the word servant several times throughout this podcast. We talk about servant leadership, but you're talking about being a servant as an entrepreneur. How do you find that so powerful? Well, what's the alternative? <laughs> it's just, you know, a salesperson? I don't even know. See, if we're not serving our audience, if we're not serving the market, guess what? The market's not going to be interested in you. And maybe, Tom, it's like, I can't even wrap my brain around, well, what's the opposite of that? It's like, that's what you're in business for. You're in business to bring far more value than what you ask in return. And so if you are selling something for $10,000, but you're only delivering $8,000 in value, guess what? You're not going to be in business very long. You can keep tricking people, but it's not going to last real long because today you can't get away with it. We're in an era where now everyone has access to information. You can't be pulling fast ones on people. It's just not going to work. So you got to over-deliver. And also, I got to tell you that if you don't have that belief in your own products and services, and you don't think that you're delivering far more value than what you're charging, then you're going to be a very, very poor salesperson for your own brand. So you got to go back and do some more product development until you can get to the point. So one thing that we do, most of our products... Like we guarantee our results or we tie our compensation now to outcome. So if our client doesn't make money, we don't make money. And because of our approach, we don't even have to do, yeah, I never have to do sales because then it's everything is just business development. Does it make sense for us to work together? Well, can I perform for you? If I feel there's a high likelihood that I can perform for you, then I will take you on as a client and we'll work together. We'll partner together. We'll do amazing stuff together. So it's a great way of doing business. By the way, I mean, if you're like, man, I like the game. I like the way this guy's talking. Like he's making some sense for me. If you're not reading Bob Berg, the go-giver, go-giver sells more. This is stuff that I've always kind of lived, but Bob does a good job of encapsulating this philosophy. It's a give first philosophy. Give massive amounts of value and let other people let you know when they're ready for that next step. People will really appreciate that. Josh, you had something on your website that really struck me as many of the excuses I hear from entrepreneurs to the corporate world. And I just want to read it and then ask you about it. You said you are currently invisible to your most qualified leads. The most qualified leads are too busy to reply to your cold outreach and advertising. The most qualified leads are too busy to build a relationship with you and certainly too busy to jump into your sales funnel. It struck me that you've really hit upon Many of the excuses I hear, frankly, for not getting something done. First of all, would that be a fair assessment? And how do you help people overcome these just basic excuses? This is so simple. Ask yourself, where do your best clients historically, where have they come from? I'll pause for a moment while you think, and now I'll tell you what the answer is. It's relationships. That's where your best clients have come from. 
you know it is. Maybe once in a while you might strike it rich. It's like Jim Carrey. So you're saying there's a chance like with advertising, but generally not. Most people are going to come from introductions, happy customers referring you. So my recommendation is just you got to speed that process up. You got to build more relationships. And people say, well, Josh, that sounds like a lot of work. It sounds very ineffective. It doesn't sound scalable. Well, guess what? That's what we have focused like a laser on for the past five years. You can go watch videos on our site. We'll tell you exactly what we do. Matter of fact, if you click on services and then click on our B2B service, I go through a whole 30-minute video and I break down this is exactly how we do our system, our funnel. I never will know you're there, but go and learn from how we do this and how we systematize relationships because it's how business is getting done right now. So if you think that you could just trick people into lead magnets and trip wires and blah, 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 good luck. Good luck. I mean, that used to work, but how well is that working today? Now it works if you're selling to consumers, it still works okay. Entry level entrepreneurs, maybe it's working okay. It's working okay, but not for higher level decision makers. They're not having a, a savvy audience just isn't having any of it. You could do it for awareness. You can do it for... I'd say paid ads is good. Just staying top of mind, it'll work, but not the conversion process. Conversion process, I'm only going to do that with people that I really, really trust, not someone who's selling to me. Josh, that brings up another point I wanted to try to highlight, which is the incredible amount of resources you put on your website. You just highlighted one 20-minute video walking through the sales process. And for those, I'm going to put your link to your site in the show notes but I invite all my listeners to go to your site just to see the number of tabs, the number of blogs, the number of podcasts, the number of resources, all available for free. And it really helps, I think, people to understand not only the services you bring, but it speaks to what you've said multiple times, just give it away. Give it away and create that relationship. Yeah, so attention is the most valuable currency that you could ask for. So make it insanely easy for people to build a relationship with you. I find that short videos are fantastic. Lots and lots of short videos and then invite them into, well, if you like that, you can watch the whole thing. Don't gate this stuff, by the way. Stop saying, oh, do you want to, you're going to have to give me your email address. They'll give you their email address when they're ready to give you their email address. Just stop treating people like numbers and sales prospects, right? Just make it ridiculously easy for people to spend time with you. I did research. I studied family science and relationships and that sort of thing in college. And that's the one thing I learned is that quantity time is the most valuable thing you can get. Like if you want to have a great relationship with your daughter or son or whatever, just spend time with them. Just hang out. It doesn't have to be going to Disney. It doesn't have to be super, super, super high impactful. It's just time together. Just going out, driving around. Like I have great memories of going with my dad to the hardware store, the auto parts store. (laughs) The same thing with your customers. Just get them to spend time with you, but you got to earn it. And you got to earn it by giving away super, super high value. What do they need? How do I solve their pain point? Unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on you or on Up My Influence, how would they find it? So if you're doing well in business and you're doing six figures or more in business, we'd love to feature you on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So you can go to upmyinfluence.com and then you'll click on podcast. You'll see, it'll see now booking guests at the bottom, either myself or one of my hosts. We'd love to feature you on the show. We have over 100,000 fans in our social media audience and beyond and listening audience. 
So we'd love to promote you to everybody. And then beyond that, I give away free stuff. We're now scholarshipping our My Influence community, if you want to apply for that, where we give away thousands and thousands of dollars worth of free video coaching, free community stuff. My job is just to have you spend time with me and trust me. And I realize I got to earn that every single day by giving you more value than anywhere else you find on the web. Josh, I call myself the compliance evangelist because the evangelist is the bringer of the good news. And you really seem to fit that as an evangelist. Ah, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to continuing the conversation, Josh. Thank you very much. Thanks. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.